On today's episode of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, we're going to discuss the 4-3 win over the Pittsburgh Penguins on the road on the second night of a back-to-back where the Florida Panthers, after a big win over Buffalo, they come on the second end of a back-to-back in their third and final game of their season series against Pittsburgh. We bring in Jake Winans on this Winans Wednesday to discuss this win over the Pittsburgh Penguins. So keep it right here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to this Wednesday, March 9th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez from Locked, I'm from PantherParkway.com. You can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. You could also follow the national show Locked On NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. We'll be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. So, Cats fans, the Florida Panthers have done it again. They now win their fifth straight game on the road their fourth game now in a row uh and the panthers are just clicking all, on all cylinders especially on the power play we're going to discuss that um on today's episode but let me bring in our guest our guest co-host of the show uh jacob winans for to talk discuss about this four to three win over the pittsburgh penguins so jacob welcome to the show once again Thanks for having me. It's always nice to be on after a win. Uh, definitely brings the mood up a little bit. Absolutely, man. And we were talking about pre-recording how um, how we were overall feeling, and we were just feeling really good, both smiles on our faces and all that. So great to great to hear that we're both in in a very great mood. But before we talk about this game, let's talk a little bit about some of the injury updates for the Florida Panthers and some roster uh, moves for the Cats. Anton Lindell is still day-to-day with uh, that lower body injury after sustaining that injury coming right out of the penalty box in their game against the Buffalo Sabres. Didn't return. Um, was never expecting Lundell to play in this one. And Maxim Mammon comes in, provides some great energy. Um, what do you think of the situation when you first heard that Lundell wasn't playing and the energy that Maxim Mammon brought tonight after being um, after not playing the last few games? Yeah, so with Lundell out, I mean, it's tough to see that for him, especially after he had a huge game against Detroit. Um, still, like, in the heat of the Calder race for him. So tough to see him go down, but obviously the updates were all uh, relatively positive. It's day-to-day, nothing serious. So um, it just becomes a matter of plug someone in in the short term and, and hope you get similar results. Um, so, yeah, I don't think anyone expected Lundell to play tonight, but Mammon definitely stepped in and, and produced he got on the score sheet with an assist and yeah he created chances he was fast uh, hard on pucks he played his game uh sliding right into the top line so as far as replacing lundell in the short term it was it was encouraging and i kind of like how i kind of like how when it comes to roster shakeups putting things in a blender and of course when that happens mid-game for Andrew Burnett, something that I talked about on yesterday's episode, of course, you have to do a lot of mixing and matching because you're running uh, 11 skaters at that time. But just 
the fact that Maxim Mammon's been able to be inserted back to the top line, provide that energy. Mason Marchment, just the chemistry between Sam Reinhart and Mason Marchment has not gone away when Mason Marchment has been upgraded to the top line. He gets inserted back to that third line, and the chemistry is like right back between them to the two. And I mean, let's be honest, Sam Reinhart is on any other team, he's a top six player, and he's doing this on a bottom six role. Mason Marchment just con- continues to um, just bring that ener- energy. Of course, sometimes Mason Marchment can have a, a little bit of a dumb penalty here and there. But I mean, even without contributing on the scoreboard tonight, um, didn't get any points. That that combination of Mason Marchment and Sam Reinhardt just brings so much balance into the lineup when an injury like a Lindell happens. And it's just great to see for this team. Yeah, you, you really touched on it with Marchment. He's kind of the Swiss army knife on the roster. He can play anywhere up and down the lines and, and fill whatever role you ask of him. Um, so being on the top line the past few games, producing there, and then with the Lundell injury, slide him down to the third line. He doesn't miss a beat. Um, he plays his game. It doesn't matter what his what line he's on, who his line mates are. Um, he's just he's so reliable in what he does. Um, you just you just see him him show uh, that that same skill set on every line. And like you said, his his chemistry with Sam Reinhardt has been one of the biggest surprises of the year. I don't think anyone really penciled him in as a point per game player, but playing with Reinhardt, he's uh, he's really developed a, a strong chemistry that gives us a good a good uh, mixing and match uh, combo to use in the playoffs. You can put that line together, and and uh, when come playoff time, you have to have at least one line going um, every shift, and that's one that we can kind of turn to. Mm-hmm. And also to put put in there that with the fact that a lot of players can play both center and wing with Etu and Achari being on the same line, one on the wing, you were able to upgrade one and it didn't mess up the lines too, too much in, in, in for tonight's game. So that, that is one great thing of the embarrassment of riches. And this is with having two players on injured reserve in Ryan Lomberg and Joe Thornton right now. So you talked about Swiss army knife for, Mason Marchment, but I want to talk about that first goal by Sam Reinhardt enters the zone, cuts the Pittsburgh D like Swiss cheese, and then the puck bats in the air and he like swings it in. It's like it's like little league baseball when you're when the coach just tosses the ball into the air and hits ground balls. It it was pretty much kind of like that, and except this is hockey, so just an incredible skating by. Sam Reinhardt overall in that to, to get the first goal of the game. Yeah, that was that was highlight real stuff. Um, that's the kind of skill you can't teach. That hand-eye coordination is something you either just kind of have or you don't. Um, and to be the way that goal looked, it was so unexpected. You could even hear the shock in, in Goldie's call. Um, no one really saw that one coming. He was surrounded by three defensemen and uh, three three penguins there and somehow manages to choke up on the stick and 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 bat that out of the air uh, for a second we thought it might have been a high stick and i think tristan jari did too but um no it was that was that was perfect hand-eye coordination and skating and having his skating legs under him and to be able to pull that off in midair it's pretty impressive yeah you see tristan jari lifting the glove up um, yeah. for for the high stick and nope not to no avail um and that was uh that was a goal that was uh 
unassisted uh, for for to make it one nothing. Um, I talked a lot about how Barkov, the impact that he has on this game is just everybody is just puck watching. I mean, with the skill that Barkov has, lots of eyes are on him, and then he feeds uh, Ekblad on the centering pass, and Maxim Mammon won't get an assist on this one. But you got to give credit to him having a screen in the mid slot and then Aaron Ekblad getting that goal to make it 2 nothing at the time. And this has been a weird season series between the, the Panthers and the Penguins. With the exception of the second game, both teams have had multiple two-goal leads and then not be able to hang on in that. But it, it's just not – and Ekblad has uh, been a huge part of this – a season series, just an incredible uh, second goal, and Max and Mammon getting a lot of credit to, for making the screen right in front of Jari. What did you think of that one? Yeah, so uh, first thing I want to credit is is Aaron Ekblad just getting the puck to the net. Um, it's something that that he's very underrated in. He's probably the best, one of the best in the league at just his. He kind of has a seeing eye shot. It always seems to find its way to the net, um, not always to the back of the net, but it's always it always gets there. Um, and then Mammon setting the screen there in front of the goalie. That's how you score this time of year. Um, that's how you score in the playoffs. You have to create havoc in the crease. And um, Ekblad just smartly gets that on goal, and, and it happens to go in. But, um, yeah, it, it, there's, there's, a lot, there's a lot to look at on that play, and Barkov drawing all the attention and Ekblad just getting it on goal. But, um, yeah, full credit to Mammon standing in front of the goalie. That's a it's a tough way to make a living when you when you're that guy in the crease and you're setting the screens and pucks can hit you and it's a tough way to make a living just ask Patrick Hornquist but um Mammon did it did it very well there and now that's Aaron Eckblad's 50th point of the season only the fifth defenseman in Florida Panthers history uh to reach that mark so incredible feat for um Aaron Eckblad just and it's crazy he's now in his eighth I, be, I believe it's season number eight for the Panthers and just the the contribution that he's uh, providing for this Florida Panthers team. But we're going to discuss more of this uh, game in the next segment on this episode of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. But first, we're going to tell you all about Built Bar. And this is the time of year where I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking with my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, marshmallow-y. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with incredible flavors. All Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. Yes, Puffs included. Low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bar with these. They're better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere between two to 300 calories. Go to built.com and scroll down to the macro chart. You'll be blown away. High protein, low calorie, high fiber, low carb. Compare that to a candy bar, which has 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. At Built Bar, they're all about taste. They make it taste delicious first. They figure out how to make it healthy. I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. Go to build.com and use pro- promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Second segment here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. And thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen today. For your next listen today, make sure to check out the Locked On Now podcast. It's nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. So I'm Armando Velez. I got Jacob Winans here on this uh, episode of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, a Winans Wednesday edition of the show. So, Jacob, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. 
So okay. the Florida Panthers have had eight back-to-backs this season. What do you think is their record now on the second end of a back-to-back? Hmm. That's a tough one. Um, uh, off the top of my head, I'm trying to think of some of the back-to-backs. I'm going to go five and three. You're close. Four, three, and one on the second end of a back-to-back this season. I was just doing. I was just doing looking up and down the schedule, just out of curiosity to see where they were uh, in the front end, uh, in the back end of a back-to-back. So now they're four, three, and one, and that speaks a lot of volumes about this team, about where, where the type, different types of situations that you've that we put this uh, Florida Panthers team in. I mean, a lot of this, those second ends of a back-to-back include the the shootout loss against the Boston Bruins the sec one of the we want 10 games uh in in just mid January the I'm t- another we want 10 game uh, the second end of a back to back the Rangers and Lightning in late December so a lot of them include like a lot of offensive barrages uh for um for the Panthers as well so the Panthers and the Penguins in this game this was not a game full of odd man rushes. Neither team, a lot of teams were playing well in the neutral zone, just and a lot of the times the puck was just being moved around and not a lot of uh, chances going the other way. But the Panthers, when when it came to that that last one to make it four two at the time, though the one where um, it it was uh, Verhage off the rush. Now his second. Uh, game in a row with a goal um had needed a little bit of uh confidence to uh get himself going but man using barkoff as a decoy and then getting that to uh make it four to two uh and make a wish uh jacob that was at the 11 11 mark of the third period so <laughs> what are you what are you thinking of this uh uh two game uh stretch for uh carver hagee yeah, I mean he he's been doing everything right. Uh, just in his he, he went on a stretch where he had one goal in twelve games. He he hasn't been doing anything wrong. He's just had horrible luck. Uh, a lot of pucks off the post. A lot of uh, miraculous saves by the the goalies he's facing. But uh, he's one of those guys where once he gets one, it, it's all going to come in waves. Um, I thought his goal tonight was was brilliant. You just have to. Uh, as Panther fans, we we kind of get on the team a lot about the overpassing here and there, but Verhage didn't even look like he was going to pass to Barkov. It's just the defenseman has to have so much respect for Barkov's shot that it, it gives Verhage the time to shoot, and he didn't he didn't waste the chance. Um, if you take it all the way back to opening night against this same team, that that goal from Verhage was literally identical to the game winner in overtime against Pittsburgh on opening night. Uh, put it in the same place against the same goalie shot it from the same spot. Uh, and he, he, he did it twice. Um, so it was good to see that. And uh, yeah, like you said, these games against the Penguins have not been uh, super high chance, odd man rush type games tonight. Definitely wasn't, but uh, they match up well against each other. Everything has been really close. We've seen two go one to overtime, one to shootout, And this one came right down to the final minutes. So, um, one goal games every time. It's been it's been really tight against the Penguins this year. One thing that that Verhage goal on both games had in common is Sergey Bobrovsky stepping up before um, beforehand. The Penguins in the first matchup they had forty plus 
shots on goal uh, in in their in their first matchup. Uh, Sergey Borovsky was just amazing um, that that night. Um, do, doing it again tonight, thirty two of thirty five. The Penguins, after the first period, were really dominating possession. Really, the rest of the way for 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 this game. I mean, just list, um, listing the shot on goals: fifteen to nine in the second period, eleven to seven in the third period. Got two goals in nineteen uh, seconds. Brian Russ had a great game. He forces Mackenzie Weger out uh, to feed uh, Ast- um, Zach Aston Reese right in front of the net. Sidney Crosby uh, wins a, a draw. Jake Gensel gets a shot and. Brian Rust, once again, he he doesn't get an assist, but he screens Sergey Bobrovsky and he can't see it at all. So, but again, credit to Sergey Bobrovsky, he held it down when he needed to. Uh, that Verhage goal going the other way. The only difference, Jacob, was it was Casey DeSmith of uh, starting um, on opening night. Uh, right, 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 right. Uh, that was the only difference on that one, but still very similar to what what happened on opening night to create an opportunity at the other end, and this. There were so many chances, so many damn chances for the Pittsburgh Penguins to tie this game, but Sergei Bobrovsky kept saying no. And one of those chances, I usually try not to complain about officiating, but let's talk about that penalty on Etelusteranen on that slash on Sidney Crosby. I was just, I wanted to pull my non-existent hair out at that time. How about you? (laughs) Yeah, that was um, that was a Sidney Crosby privilege call. Um, <laughs> anyone anyone else in the league gets tapped on the pants with with a with one hand on the stick. Um, that, that's just not a call that's ever made unless you're Sidney Crosby. Um, maybe maybe Connor McDavid gets that one. Um, but yeah, that's that's a really costly call by the, by the ref there at that point in the game. Um, we, we really saw the Panthers do what we wanted them to do in these type of games where they, they sit back, lock it down, uh, wait for a chance for Hagee. They get one chance in the third period where Hagee buries it. Um, and, and then to have the kind of the perfect strategy and they're executing it to perfection. And then they're thrown on the penalty kill because the ref decides to, that, that he wants to be Sidney Crosby's best friend. Um, it's, it's frustrating, but that was probably the best penalty kill we've had all season short of a shorthanded goal. Mm-hmm. Um, because the, I don't think Pittsburgh got a single shot on that entire power no. play. It was it was com- just in and out of the zone right away mm-hmm. for for a whole two minutes. Barkov and Barkov and Achari had a shorthanded chance uh, yes. on that on that PK opportunity, um, and then Huberto on an empty net opportunity. He does there there was a slash there, and he he doesn't get called. So two slashes because yeah. Bornquist got got hacked right before. Mm-hmm. So. It was a lot of close but no cigar uh, type of um, opportunities for the Pittsburgh Penguins. But let's backtrack a little bit because the Florida Panthers, their streak of two power play goals came to an end. But beggars can't be choosers, uh, Jacob. So the fact that they got a power play goal is just incredible. And it's contributing to their winning streak, even though the first game of that was the loss against Edmonton. But... I I, des- I decided to calculate the numbers over the last um, five games for the Panthers. They're 9 of 22 on the power play. A good 41% for this team. And it's clicking on cylinders. They're doing it with both units. And on that power play goal, puck retrieval was the key in that one. The The way the Panthers possess the puck after a shot and keep it in their own zone is incredible. Barkov shoots it. Huberdeau finds Anthony Duclair. And that's Anthony Duclair's. 
that with that goal right there, that ties his career high in goals with 23, tying his previous season high in his final season in Ottawa. The season right before he signed with the Panthers, uh, Belzito saw that 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 performance there, and the fact that he's on the first uh, power play unit now, contributing uh, to to the play, and and now third power play goal in a row in in a game in a row. Excuse me, just incredible what Anthony Duclair has been able to contribute to this team after questions earlier this offseason on whether he was going to be exposed to the expansion draft. Yeah, this season you definitely cannot say enough about Anthony Duclair's performance. Um, we all we all kind of felt like finally getting a season to to start to start a season with the same team and the same system for a second year in a row is something he hasn't really gotten to do until he found his home here. And uh, getting the opportunity on the first power play, he's making the most of it. Uh, three games in a row now with the power play goal, which is a really impressive streak. That is not easy to do unless you're Alex Ovechkin or uh, someone who who really uh, tears it up from that one-timer spot. That's not what Duclair does. Um, but yeah, it, it's been impressive. Uh, he's been fantastic. And then on the on the power play, like you said, puck retrieval was big, but um, it's also just getting shots to the net. They're starting to shoot a little more. And I'd say, even though we only scored one power play goal tonight, it was probably the most encouraging uh, power play performance I've seen in a, in a little bit because Pittsburgh is one of those teams that really pressures the the point and the puck carrier and the Panthers have struggled with that in the past uh, with overpassing and waiting too long to make decisions and against Pittsburgh they were moving the puck those those Pittsburgh four checkers weren't getting to it and and we were getting opportunities off of that so that was really encouraging that's the kind of penalty kill you're going to see in the playoffs so uh, it was encouraging to see them break that down. Mm. And in this four game winning streak, not a single power play goal given up on the other end. So, and this is without Anton Lindell uh, for, for the last two games. And Noel Chari is back on that first PK unit. The guy who's not afraid to put his body out there as Tom McLean describes it, he eats pucks. So just an incredible unit that the Florida Panthers continue to put, go out there. And a lot of the talk about Jonathan Huberdeau's non-existent "quote unquote" heart candidacy is talk. A lot of people talk about his defensive game, but there were many times where I was seeing him break up shots in the slot and creating opportunities going the other way. And I think that the national media needs to cut Jonathan Huberdeau a little bit of slack because of the fact that this is his first season that he's consistently on the penalty kill. I mean, if they want to watch. Jonathan Huberto in the last few games on on the on the PK to really see a chance for him to be in the in the heart race. They need to watch these last few games with Jonathan Huberto on the penalty kill. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Huberto, you could kind of see it. Um, you could see it brewing a little bit in in the in the playoffs last year. Uh, he really took his game to another level in that series against Tampa. He he was checking hard and he was playing defense like we hadn't seen him play before. And when the Panthers lost, you could see just on his, his facial expression, he was he was really, really struggling with that loss. Uh, and it, it just seemed to motivate him a lot defensively. This year, he's taken on a bigger role as a leader of the team with the penalty kill. And you see him forecheck. You see him whenever there's an injury or someone's in the penalty box. You've seen Lomberg get a couple fighting majors. 
Huberdeau is the first guy to step up and take that extra shift on the fourth line, and he'll switch his entire game and just become a grinder for that shift. And that is uh, something we haven't seen from Huberdeau in the past. And uh, if if the heart voters aren't paying attention to that, then, I mean, it, there's not really much else you can say until they until they win a Stanley Cup and, and he demands the attention because his, his game has really evolved this year. Mm. Igor Sesterkin, though, is making a big, big case, though. Uh, with, for uh, sure you gotta think he has the Vesna in the bag so the the heart yeah. trophy wouldn't be would not be out of the question yeah so he's definitely making a case and i'm not gonna discredit the season that igor sisterkin is having i mean the florida panthers have had a hard time with igor uh this this, this season as well and thank god they don't play um the rangers again i mean the florida panthers continue 29 0 and 0 after a lead in after the second period just continues to be perfect on the pk and another power play goal. So a lot of credit on all, all three zones, the, the special teams unit for the Florida Panthers, but man, the, they come back home for one against Philly final game of their three game series after winning the first two. And then it's off to the West coast for um, this Florida Panthers team, but we're going to, we're going to take a break. We're going to discuss the, the state of the Atlantic division, the NHL and kind of look forward to, Thursday's matchup against the Philadelphia Flyers. So we're, we'll be back on this episode of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Third and final segment here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. I'm Armando Velez. I got Jacob Winans here from pantherparkway.com on this Winans Wednesday edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. So, Jacob, looking around the NHL, I mean, I just mentioned Igor Sesterkin. I'm, uh, Actually, he did not start tonight against Minnesota Wild, and they scored uh, five goals. So I was about to say uh, he's he's had he's made his case for the heart. So I guess giving up five goals uh, to the Minnesota Wild, um, winning five two, makes maybe an extra case for his heart candidacy. Um, so I, I wish I had a, a good argument uh, for uh, for Jonathan Huberto if Igor were in net, but. Let's talk about other scores. The Florida Panthers have taken the lead now in the Atlantic Division. I just checked the score right now, and the Winnipeg Jets have defeated the Tampa Bay Lightning by a final score of 7-4. to four. It was, just looking at the box score alone, three six goals combined by both teams in the first period. They go a scoreless um, second period, and then it's off to the races for Winnipeg. So division lead now for the Florida Panthers. It's The race is on. Nashville defeats Dallas 2-1. Ottawa defeats uh, the St. Louis Blues 4-1. Arizona defeats Detroit 9-2. Maple Leafs win over the Kraken. Let's talk about that uh, Kraken-Maple Leafs game. There was a Florida Panthers representative at that game in Toronto between the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Seattle Kraken. You got to think they're looking at Mark Giordano in this game, wouldn't you think? Yeah, I would have to think the the Panthers rep there is is there to scout Mark Giordano. Um, that was a game I was interested in in keeping an eye on tonight, aside from Tampa's game, um, because the uh, the Kraken are, are not really a good team, but they really gave uh, Toronto all they could handle, and Toronto just ended up simply outscoring them. But defensively, Toronto has some major issues. Their goalie problems are apparent. Um, and, and yeah, I would have to think the Panthers were there to to scout Mark Giordano, and 
that seems to be gaining some traction. The fact that Seattle is likely to move him, uh, they're handing, they've started to give out extensions to certain guys now, and Giordano is not one of them. So you'd have to believe they're going to trade their captain. Uh, he just celebrated his thousandth game, but um, got to think they're going to trade him. And the Panthers are in the market for for a left shot defenseman. I was playoff experience, so I think he's a guy we could target. Um, but yeah, definitely that that Panthers rep was most likely there for him. And then um, also on the topic of the Kraken, quick shout out to Jared McCann today securing yes. five uh, five year uh, five, five million five. Eight, yeah five by five this year. Um, former Panther and he was a guy I really really enjoyed uh, getting to know a bit when he was here. He's a great dude, so congrats to him on that on that big contract extension. Mm. And that trade at the time, along with Nick Bukestad to the Pittsburgh Penguins, um, really helped the Panthers clear up their cap space for that offseason to sign a Sergei Bobrovsky. So trading for expiring contracts at the time. Um, so worked out for his career, exposing the expansion draft by Toronto, found a home, gets an extension. So congrats to him. Uh, more scores around the league. Um, the New Jersey Devils defeat the Colorado Avalanche 5-3. to three, So even the president's trophy is still on for the Florida Panthers, even though a lot of people, including um, Nick Fairbanks talks about how he doesn't want the president's trophy. I don't want it. It's a curse. So, it's a curse. It. So, so <laughs> I, I understand uh, right now, uh, Washington and Calgary are tied at two in the, at the end of the second Chicago's up big at, uh, against Anaheim eight to three, as of this recording uh, with three minutes left on the, in the third, but let's talk about this final game. Um, of, of the night well not final game of the night but final game that we're mentioning um the flyers defeat the vegas golden knights by final score of two to one uh carter hart comes up with 47 saves against uh the vegas golden knights they're struggling a little bit mark stone is on ltir um but why 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 are we mentioning it in this last of course that's their next matchup at home before they hit the road but there was some Panthers representatives at a Charlotte checkers game against the Lehigh Valley phantoms the other day. And you gotta, you gotta think that the flyers scouts who attended that game, this is the time where a lot of scouts come to games. Um, there's, and there's a lot of, this is a time where we get to kind of speculate more and more, which kind of makes this fun too, Jacob. So Got to think that they're looking at an Owen Tippett in this case, or maybe even Grigory Denisenko. Yeah, so um, we all obviously heard the reports that Philly had had several scouts in attendance for the back-to-back between Charlotte and Lehigh Valley. Um, Owen Tippett came up with, if I'm not mistaken, had three points over those two games. At the, Pan- or the Checkers won both of those two games, and Tippett played really well. Um, found the score sheet and goals twice and had a couple of assists, I believe. So maybe three or four points in those two games on the back-to-back. Got to think the Philly scouts were impressed by that. Um, Shortly after that report came out, it it was also reported by, um, uh, I can't remember which reporter, but I know it was, um, I know it was Sportsnet reported that um, the, the Panthers did have an, have an offer made for Claude Giroux of the Flyers. There was an offer made. Um, we don't know what that package included, but the general belief is that Owen Tippett was involved in that. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if anything comes of that after Thursday's game. Obviously nothing would happen before that, I wouldn't I wouldn't think, but 
um, after Thursday's game. It'll be interesting to see what comes of that uh, if we have an offer already on the table. And um, yeah, so that, that adds some, some intrigue to that Thursday matchup for sure. I want to requote you on something, Jacob. What's up? He's too good for the AHL. I, I, yes. I, 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 he 10 points in eight games. Just the reports for what Philly was demanding is an NHL ready player. So there it is for the Philadelphia Flyers. This is a team that's trying to rebuild. We don't know if they're going to keep um, a player like Rasmus or Salina, who they gave up a lot for as well. So that's a that's a big uh, question mark for, for them as well. And they're just in a little bit of a limbo themselves as a franchise. So that's going to be that's going to be interesting to see. And I think. I think win or loss, that's going to be I think the biggest storyline of that game is just going to come to what what these management groups what these management groups are going to do when they in person in Sunrise, Florida, right. behind closed doors over just chatting on the phone the last few days. So it's going to be interesting to see, even though we can't see the behind the scenes ourselves, it's, it's interest. It's something to wonder what that conversation is going to look like in person versus over the phone. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's no secret that, that these negotiations are happening. Um, a lot of times you see things really gain traction uh, as far as trade talks and and roster moves after after an in-person meeting. Um, and yeah, these GMs are gonna are gonna meet and they're gonna talk and it's gonna happen at the game. I'm sure the Panthers will be closely watching Claude Giroux and and seeing where he might fit best if he were uh, to be a panther. and um, I think that'll just be a really interesting matchup and I hope the Panthers come ready for it and, and don't let any of the outside talk uh, about trades affect the, the performance on the ice. Uh, Carter Hart is obviously hot right now. 47 saves tonight is, is unreal. Um, so I'd assume he gets the start again. So uh, Panthers need to focus on business, just win the game and the front office will work, will work out everything else. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if, any of these trades end up happening and, and Claude Giroux maybe becoming a flyer or becoming a Panther um, sometime after that Thursday game. We will have to wait and see. Probably not um, shortly after, because uh, I think they want to get Claude Giroux his 1000th uh, game first and then uh, right. possibly a trade. So that was something that I've read online. So it, it'll probably be somewhere shortly before um, shortly after that 1000th game. So, Right. Don't be surprised if it's that next day if it does happen. So, lots of lots of things to. I, I have my uh, I have my uh, devious hands like going like ooh, like you start let we start to wonder what's going to go on, and of course that's going to be a topic of conversation. It's um, fun to be a buyer, isn't it? <laughs> oh yeah, it, it is. Um, we're not we're not used to that. That's for sure. So, uh, once again, Jacob, thank you for joining me on this episode of Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. If you want to follow Jacob on online you can follow him at jacob winans eight on twitter and of course every wednesday he'll be on uh the wednesday edition of the lockdown florida panthers podcast so jacob thank you once again for joining the show definitely we got a got some late ones next weekend or next week so uh that should be good can't wait my dude and we'll definitely be chatting then for sure and if you like what you're hearing 
Please subscribe to the podcast so you'll be notified every single time the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe to Lockdown NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark, who will be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure to listen to today's episode of Lockdown Fantasy Hockey. Host Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Sarma Mondevles with Jacob Winans. And you've been listening to the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.